0: So let's talk about the Old Testament and how it was constructed, okay? It was completed as a library of books, uh, probably around the third century BC. So about 300 years before Christ was born. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the
1: Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey that you must go on. You can't not go on it. But you also can't order out for it you can't uh stream it to your (laughs) local tv it's something that you actually have to go on and wrestle with i think that's that's the thing i want to talk about is you got to wrestle with your faith it's not something you can just walk aimlessly through it's something that you should be actively engaged in and
0: your strongest uh, convictions are birthed out of doubt
1: yes and we're one of the Christianity is one of the few religions where you are encouraged to, to ask questions, ask questions and wrestle with it. And yes. so, you know, journey is sometimes you got to think big Epic journey. When we say it's a journey yeah. of faith, you want like that, uh, what's the big Greek, uh, journey that everyone homers, homers, Iliad. Iliad. Yeah, yeah. Like you, it needs the to Odyssey. A, the odyssey kind of level of battles and, and yeah. trouble and struggle so that when you do come home to your faith, It's,
0: it's a journey of life and yeah, you want to be able to see each decade of your life get better and better. And the only way you do that is by seeing the world more clearly.
1: So this is not a wrestling podcast. It is in fact a Bible study and application podcast, but we do encourage you to wrestle with your faith. So my name is Jesse Mayer. I will be your host and we cannot have the salty pastor podcast (laughs) without the salty pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peake, would that be your wrestling name, (laughs) (laughs) the salty pastor,
0: (laughs) the salty pastor. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, well, everybody's so good to be with you this week. It's Thanksgiving week. And you know, today I I think we're going to talk about, you know, the structure of the Bible and actually how it was put together, which I think is great because we're so thankful for the Bible. We're thankful for what it reveals and what it talks about. And it has been the central theme, this central focus, the central wellspring of ideology for the last 2000 years in Western civilization, without the Bible pointing us to Christ and Christianity, there would be no Western civilization at all. There would be no history. There'd be no America. There'd be nothing. I mean, in, in many ways we would be living today. If we were birthed in America, we would probably wouldn't even be here. But if we were in America, we could look very similar to Libya and North Africa or countries. Saudi Arabia or something else. Yeah. And yet it didn't and the reason why is probably because of the Bible and what it points to Christ, uh, a historian at the university of Baylor or Baylor university, Rodney Stark talks about how the victory of Christianity was a victory of reason. And it's because mm. of reason that we are here today. Well,
1: and this whole series on the Bible has really been setting up basically the idea of why, why the Bible, why should we yeah. trust it? Why should we use it as a guiding, um, ideology for Correct. our life and. We talked about, uh, you know, is it accurate? Has it mm-hmm. been translated well? We've talked about why should you trust it. Um, Zach talked about conflicts mm-hmm. or, or uh,
0: contradictions. contradictions
1: that have come up, mm-hmm. and today we are talking about. How did we get it? Like it didn't just show up. I mean, there's some religions like Mormonism where it was just gold tablets in the ground that they dug up one day and ran out of a hat and then they had it. That's not how we got the Bible. How did we get the Bible pastor?
0: (laughs) Well, what's really interesting is the word Bible actually comes from the Latin meaning book or books. So it's just book. (laughs) So when you go, it's really interesting when you go to Spain or you go over to Europe you know, in Spanish countries, if you want to go to the library, it's called Bi- Biblioteca, Biblioteca. It's Bible yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait, I, th- oh, that's, it means something different. And so, yeah, cause we always think of the, when we say the Bible, we've brought in all of this other meaning to the word. Mm. And in particular though, the word Bible just simply means uh, book or books. And when you go back. Uh, from Latin into Greek and then Greek into Hebrew, and you go into the really ancient tongues, it basically meant scrolls. Okay. So, so those big round things, you know. In, in typical
1: God fashion, He doesn't obliviate. Obl, 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 <laughs> obliviate? I don't know. <laughs> obfuscate? It, it obfuscate. There you go. Much fancy words. Like I just tried to use, which makes things (laughs) confusing. He just said, here is Uh, the book. We got a whole lot of
0: oblivion going on over there. You're thinking of the word oblivion.
1: Yes. But it's obfuscated. Obfuscate. (laughs) This is why you're the important (laughs) one in this one. It's (laughs) the word for the day. Oh, goodness.
0: That's cracking me up. Well, so the, the Bible has basically two main sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the old Testament and the new Testament were brought together as a library of books, uh, completely differently. okay? Okay. And so let's talk about the old Testament and how it was constructed. Okay. It was completed as a library of books, uh, probably around the third century BC. So about 300 years before Christ was born. And that's when it was translated from the Hebrew, which basically at that time, it was something that was really obscure. It only had to do with Jews. Uh, There was very few copies. They were all ensconced in Jewish libraries or in the main one where the main construction of books library was put in the temple In the second temple period it was there. If you kind of follow the history of the Old Testament, You know, and so, but at that point, it was translated from Hebrew into Greek. And so Greek at that time, because... In the third century. Yeah, because Alexander the Great was in the uh, fourth century, like around three... 50 to 330 BC. Okay. So when you're in the BCs you're basically as you go forward in time you're subtracting dates right. until you get to when Christ was born then you start adding, right? So in so basically around 350 to 300 BC was Alexander the Great and what he did is he brought the Greek language, he Hellenized the entire region massive empire that he built died very young 32 33 they think he got some disease or something interesting like that and then after that it split into he had four generals and so it was split into four regions under these generals and uh Israel was in there at that time. So Greek became the standard language and the Septuagint then was a translation of the Hebrew and it translated the 39 books. It included a couple others. Uh, we'll talk about that, but what's really interesting is that was pretty much what they called canonized and canon basically is Latin for standard. Okay. Meaning genuine. So, hey, we looked at it's it. okay. official, it's yeah. it's part of it. Yeah, this is genuine. This is a genuine thing it is what it claims to be. So, basically the way it was constructed is Moses wrote the Pentateuch, the first 5 books of the Old Testament. And that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then right after that is Joshua, then Judges and Ruth. And Joshua was basically Moses you know, protege, his successor successor that took them into the promised land and reconquered it, started the process. And then Judges is a 400-year period. A lot of people don't realize how long that is. very long, Very, very, very long is the age of the Judges of how they were trying to exist as a nation. Which is why a lot
1: of those stories are so short. It's like, here's what they did. Here's yeah. a notable moment and yeah. moving on because we're covering a lot <laughs> of things and very little time, very
0: little time. The most famous judge was Samson, you know, and he's always fighting with the Philistines and mm-hmm. cause they were all intermingled. There was no central government. There was no, it was just kind of weird west. that way as well. Gideon is in there and Deborah's in there. And so that was the age of judges about 400 years. And then what happened is you enter in what is known as the, uh, age of history. I'm sorry, the age of kings and kingdoms. And you start with the first, very first king, which King Saul starts to consolidate. And then David really consolidates and creates a kingdom, mm. right? All under one central government. And then Solomon in all of his glory. And then after that, it splits and kind of declines, splits into two kingdoms. And then eventually around about 500 to 600 B.C., It, uh, is taken over by the Babylonians. The Assyrians Mm -hmm. come over, take them over. And at that time, these scrolls where they were kept in the old Testament, but then I'm sorry, in the old Testament, the scrolls, the, the kind of the canon of these 39 books was kept in the temple, but the temple was destroyed. And it actually says in Daniel that the library of the scrolls was taken to Babylon. Okay. And then Ezra actually brings them back and then Nehemiah reads from them. Right, And then you enter into what is known as the second, second temple period, which Herod had the temple built. And that was for a period of a few hundred years. And then at the end of that is when Jesus was born. Okay. Okay. There are 39 books in this library. It starts with, you know, it's really interesting because the first 11 chapters of Genesis are about the creation and all the whole point of all those stories is to simply say this is that the world was perfect and then Human (laughs) human beings created evil out of our own free will, and it tainted everything. It even tainted the material, physical world, you know? And so that evil is kind of seeped into everything, and all of these stories prior to the family of Abraham is all about, you know, us, mankind trying to strive, right? So you have the Tower of Babel, you have Noah, you have all these weird stories about this. Basically, the bottom line is that people just can't, they're just total left on their own. So then we hear the story of one family, Abraham, and it's through Abraham and the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, that become the people of God, that he decides to try to start to say, here's a process for figuring out who I am. Okay, And so the, the whole Old Testament ends up being the history of the Jewish people in this one family. And so there's a lot of stuff there. It's poetry, it's history, a big chunk of it. You know, all of these obscure books, once you get past the age of Kings, which is first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first second Chronicles, then you get into the poetry, which is Psalms, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And this was written by David and his son solomon mm-hmm. all this poetry and all that wonderful stuff but then what you do is you get into all these prophets major minor prophets i called them and basically what they did is they just talked about how over and over again you guys aren't doing well and it's falling apart it's going to continue to fall apart and something better is coming something better is company mm-hmm. something better is And then, so the old Testament was assembled by the Jewish people. It was, it was uh, prescribed by the Jewish people. It was uh, protected by the Jewish people. And so it's canonization was pretty well established. Now there's a lot of other books that are like, that are involved in it. Um, but in essence, what we know is that it very early on, it was written by who it was in Deuteronomy chapter 31 it says that, uh, after Moses, this verse 24, after Moses finished writing in a book, the words of this law from beginning to end, he gave this command to the Levites who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, take this book of the law and place it beside the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God. And there it will remain as a witness against you. Isn't that interesting? Mm. He says that the the law, the first five books of the Bible are uh, in the Old Testament are a witness against you. And well, what does that mean? Well, he's saying we need to read this and study it because it reminds you where we came from. Yeah, where we we came from, what we're such a mess. Um, There was a time when these books were challenged, the Old Testament books, uh, as a corpus or a canon, genuine books, but not so much anymore. It's pretty much, you know, most of that is idiotic, you know, prognostications by people in ivory towers and universities that don't look at the context and have no idea. No, it's just, they're, they're pseudo intellectuals. You know, they talk about obscure little things, trying to make a big deal out of it. it's just like, oh my goodness, it's just so absurd and ridiculous. There there were a few other books uh, that, you know, but in the end, the Septuagint completed the translation and the library is pretty much set in stone at that point. We
1: use that word twice now, Septuagint. What is that for those that, of us who may yeah, not know? That, what is that is
0: the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament books. Okay. So, so now it's in Greek, the common that's the language. The Greek
1: version yeah. of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And in Christianity, they included the Septuagint, not the original Hebrew as a part of the original Bible. Okay. A Christian Bible. So
1: we're basing it off of the Septuagint yes. and we, that's what And we it's use. the
0: best. It's also the, it's, there's so many manuscripts that predate Christ for the Septuagint is extremely popular. It was everywhere. Okay. And so, uh, there, there are a few other books, but. The interesting thing about this that is so important to understand and why the Old Testament, even though it was constructed differently than the New Testament, is a part of the Christian Bible and why Christians include it, is primarily because of the prophecies about the Messiah, okay? That's it. There are over 300 specific prophecies about the coming Messiah. How, However, there's some mathematicians that have got it. The majority... Of these prophecies, not all of them. I mean, there's a bunch of Micah and Jeremiah and the Psalms, and I mean, they're all over the place. And that's why we keep all those things and read those things so much, is in the book of Isaiah. And as we spoke in previous weeks, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in the Qumran community, we'll talk about it in a moment, it, it, they found an entire complete book of Isaiah. Of Isaiah yes. Yeah, predating Christ. So here's the notion about that is that, you know, there's eight specific ones in isaiah and so this mathematician said look in order to fulfill just eight of these uh prophecies prophecies in one person the mathematical probability is one times 10 to the 17th power meaning there are 17 zeros after that So that goes past trillion zeros. You're up into the gazillion, bazillions, or or terazillions. I don't even know what they are. Zach, if he listens to this podcast, he'll correct us. us. And he says, this is how it works. Uh, The, the, the illustration, the mathematician uses this. He goes, this is how it works. If you take 10 tickets and you throw them in a bucket and you mark one of those tickets and you tell someone, okay, reach in there and pull out the right ticket. That's called one to the 10th possibility. So one out of 10 chance, you know, you could pull in there. You got one out of 10 possible, 10% chance. 10 chance of pulling out the right one. He said, okay, one to the 10th with 17 zeros is this. You take that many silver dollars, right? Or that many coins and you lay them across the face of Texas, the entire state of Texas. All right. Which is a pretty big state.
1: It is a very large
0: state. It will be over four feet deep in coins. Four feet deep in coins and then you have to try to pull out and there's the one coin one with coin. an x on it and you can tell somebody you can walk anywhere you want in texas but you got to reach down at some point and pick out the one coin with the x on it that's a that's one to the and tenth power of seventeen and that's zeros just
1: to fulfill eight prophecies, eight prophecies yeah. like listed in isaiah but there were yeah. 300 yes that were f- yes so you can do whatever math you want to do on that <laughs> highly insane. highly highly improbable yeah.
0: So, yeah, and, and that's just crazy, you know, um, the, the probability of that. And so that's why it's such an important part, um, of the Christian Bible. It's coupled with the new Testament. Now, obviously if you're Jewish, right, mm-hmm. you, uh, only use the old Testament. You won't use the new, now there are some other books in there and that is in the old Testament, in the I old Testament, that. a part of that library, that canon. Uh, and what's interesting is that the reason why we know this corpus or this library was established and set in stone is because of, I said earlier, the Qumran community. They were the Essenes. They were a, the, an ascetic group of Jews. So they were a group of Jewish people. They're ascetics. An ascetic is basically a person who's like a off-grid prepper. Okay. They want to go off. They Tuesday want to, ripper, yeah. They, they want to live minimally. Live. Okay. Yeah, they want to live off grid, beholding to nobody. Live, mi- and so they went out towards the Red Sea, which there's a lot of cliffs in, in because um, Bethlehem and. Jerusalem are kind of up on top of this mountain ridge because the weather is nicer, it's greener, there's pasture, there's grass. It's really nice up there. And But then the Dead Sea is in a valley, and so you kind of go down towards the dead sea. And what's happened is over, you know, the geography is that water, you know, as it sheds, it cuts out these canyons. Right. And so in these canyons that used to have water that had come down, you know, flooding and stuff over the time. And now they're anywhere from 200 to 500 feet deep. So they're, I mean, they're massive canyons. Right. And so what happens is shepherds, you know, would take their flocks, up and down these canyons. And you do that for a couple of reasons. One is you're going up into the higher stuff where there's grass and pasture, and then you'll go down for springs and watering. So you're right. taking them back and forth. And you like to do it in the canyon because it's easier to get up and down, right. obviously. And also you're in the shade longer. right? Because these canyons run east and west. And the sun of course is coming up and you're gonna have a shadow on one side of that canyon, and it can get pretty hot in the summertime. So anyway, this kid is throwing stones up into the caves, you know, maybe 50, 60 feet up there. He hears this crash, tells his dad, this was in the 40s, 1940s, and they go in there. And what they found is there's a little wiki on it. It says about 40% of all the Dead Sea Scrolls, I think there were eight different caves or 11 different caves, I can't remember. And they were just massive, what they were is these massive clay jars that were approximately three to four feet tall. And they were then, sealed with a wooden lid and then waxed. So they were sealed airtight and they were under about two feet of bat guana. And what happened is they they dig them all up and they find scrolls inside of these things and took them out. 40% of them were copies of texts from the Hebrew scriptures. So these this Qumran
1: community, yes. these preppers, basically it yeah. said, we're gonna go and store all these important texts away. Yeah in case something happens. And they copied everything. They copied everything. They were like, we're gonna write everything down. It'd be like you these days taking like a a hard drive and putting all your most important photos in it and then going and burying it in your backyard. Like a time (laughs) capsule. Yeah, a time capsule. So they were basically creating a time capsule of important scriptures. And then in the 1940s, nobody knew that this existed. and, And a shepherd boy was throwing rocks Accidentally hit one of the, yeah. the containers and they discovered this basically giant time capsule of yes. text.
0: Yeah. In 11, 8 to 11 different caves. And there's,
1: and you're saying of all the ones that they recovered from these caves. Yeah. 40% of the. Thousands of scrolls. Of the scrolls were
0: yeah.
1: Hebrew scriptures.
0: Yes. Okay. Copies of it. And, and there's a complete copy of the book of Isaiah, which is the that is the crown jewel of everything they found. 30% of them were from the second temple period and that is stuff uh, that was happening. And you can see this is why the Qumran community was established because see what happened is Israel if you read the Old Testament, you know, in the history of it is that david basically made it into a kingdom solomon made it into a wealthy kingdom and then it just basically fell apart over the course of about 400 years got divided and yeah then. i got and then it divided then it was conquered and it was basically wiped out so the babylonians conquered them then they let them come back but then shortly thereafter uh, alexander the great comes through and it takes over and so they're always in an occupation and then the second temple period is they get to rebuild the temple. Okay. Okay. And this is very exciting. And, and Herod allows that or helps that. And now Rome is in charge because Rome came in after the uh, four generals. Yep you know, took over. And there was a period of time where these four generals had different regions. And then uh, eventually Rome came in and took them over. And second period is the Herod clan. There was lots of Herods and the Herod clan rebuilt the temple. And so it's like, wow, this is going well for us. This could be it. When the temple's rebuilt is when the Messiah is supposed to come. So they go out, you know, like, prepping for this they were like modern day shakers you know a lot of people don't realize that that was a shaker religion The people who make shaker furniture Mm -hmm. that was what they were all about christ is going to return so they made furniture that was very basic with clean lines so that they could get out of the way because they believed that when the trumpet sounded you had to be outside or you'd get stuck on the roof so because you would be bodily called into heaven and so don't get stuck inside
1: so you need to move your be able to move your furniture rapidly and yeah get so quickly. every
0: time they would eat you know then it's they would move mars- all the furniture it's a fire
1: marshal's dream
0: <laughs> yes it's a fire marshal's dream exactly <laughs> so but what's really you know here i'm giving you guys all this historical stuff that's irrelevant but the bottom line <laughs> is is that the, the old testament is all about that it's it's these 39 books um They were all set. The Qumran community pretty much has removed any doubt because such a huge chunk of them, 40% were copies from the original Hebrew in Hebrew. 30% were from the Second Temple period. Some of the books, they even know what books weren't canonized, like the Book of Enoch, the Book of Jubilee, the Book of Tobit, the Wisdom of Sirach. There's actually extra Psalms, Psalms 152 through 155. There's the Maccabees, the history of the Maccabees, which they were very in Jerusalem between the book of Malachi and then when Jesus was born. Um, they, they initially rebelled against Rome, and uh, Maccabees means hammer. And they were the ones that tried to bring, but Rome con- conquered them as well. And so the, the canon, the word canon is basically Latin for standard. These are the genuine books, 39 of them in the community of Essenes basically says, yeah, these are them, we know that, and this is what it's all about.
1: So these these Old Testament books, we talked about this earlier, um, the reason it's important that we still read the Old Testament and the Old Testament is part of our Christian Bible yes. is that this sets up all of the prophecy and helps us understand the historical context of yes. where we came from and why we needed Jesus. Yeah. Right? Like yep. this is the whole point and purpose of having the Old Testament correct because it sets up quote unquote the sequel, which is this is when the savior comes and, and helps us from all this stuff that we used to do.
0: Yes. And that, and you know, when you read in, in books in the new Testament use, it talks about how Paul and the apostles always argued from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, what scriptures are they arguing from? Well, the Old Testament canon that everybody already agreed on. And what a powerful thing to argue from. It's like like in in America, when we have to settle disputes, we go, well, the Constitution says. And everybody agrees the Constitution says that. We all know what it says. Now, different people may have different interpretations, but when you're arguing from the Constitution, it's really difficult Mm. to have dramatically different outcomes. And that's why we have a Supreme Court, because they're supposed to do what? Interpret the Constitution. Constitution. Right.
1: So I want to continue this conversation, but I feel like. We maybe need to break this up into okay. two episodes, sure. Pastor. Sure. So we just got done talking about the Old Testament. We still need to talk about how we got the New Testament. Yes. But I think let's continue that conversation on Thursday so that we can have an uninterrupted conversation really diving into the New Testament. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. And make sure you tune, on, tune in on Thursday, yeah. Thanksgiving.
0: Thanksgiving Day. For
1: part two of this discussion of how we received the Bible. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you then.
0: Blessings. Music